0: so hi welcome to the noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with I'm
1: T- tyson aka crooked
0: teeth i'm gonna ask some questions today about his newest single first world problem so congrats on that by the way how do you feel about the response to it so far
1: uh it's been cool i um i honestly this is like probably the most pop punk song i've ever like i've released with the project and i did it very intentionally um uh, sometimes i just really i I've been like longing to release something like that that's just really like um, youthful and nostalgic. And um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I don't, I've seen a lot of like really nice things, you know, as people, people do when you release music, there's always uh, really nice, nice people in there. I did try to post on TikTok before the single came out and I'm not very, I'm very new to TikTok. So I was like, oh, I'll just like boost this post. And people were so mean. <gasps> <laughs> <I> like, uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's like a bunch of turds in their bedroom with like boogersnot 420 usernames. So like, oh I'm God. not. I'm not like. <laughs> I made that up. But like, I know. you know what I mean? It was like people with like 10 followers that never posted a video. And like, I, I think they just like kind of get off on like saying mean things on the internet. But wow,
0: the TikTok crowd's the best. Yeah, you know, we interviewed so, the home team, and they said they were getting hate oh, over on TikTok that. as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm
1: actually going to see them tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Right before the pandemic, we did a, uh, like a, a 12 day tour together. Um, and they were actually my backing band and, um, and now, you know, they're absolutely crushing it. And I remember we had so many talks on that tour of like, ah, what are we going to do next? You know, this is before we even like knew COVID was going to be, you know, the monster that it was. Um, and, uh, and I was like, guys, you, you know, music is so sick. You just got to push through and, like, do your own thing. Like, people are going to, like, latch on to it. And, I mean, they're crushing it on their tour right now. And it's so, it's so inspiring to see. And, like, as a friend, it's just, like, it's really wonderful to see your friends just do well and lean into, like, the best versions of themselves and their music. And, um, yeah, so speaking to the home team, I can't go on with this interview without throwing some love towards them because they have really... Um, just stuck to their gut and and done their thing, and it's really cool to see. So, yeah. Oh yeah. They there love them here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, me too. Clearly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so, is there any meaning behind the single name or cover art?
1: The cover art. Um, well, I've always wanted to do like a cool collage sort of theme. Um, so, you know, as it speaks to that, uh, speaking to the art itself, that was kind of what I wanted to. Um, to kind of uh, lean into with that. And um, I put keys on there because I'm always losing my keys. Um, That's not what my car key looks like, but I figured, you know, that's, it It would get the job done. People would understand. And I feel like that's a very like, maybe it's not a first world problem, but it is a problem of mine that isn't like a massive issue, but it's always like, God damn it, I lost my key again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... I did put that on there and, um, but as far as the song, the song title really, um, and the, and the, the subject matter was really about, okay, how do I articulate this? I typed it out in an email, so I should be able to say it audibly. Um, it's basically, I, I struggle with bipolar disorder, um, and pretty severe anxiety. And, um, the song is really about, um, how grateful I feel to have this like gift and blessing in my life to be able to like create music and share it with people and and at the same time it's this kind of juxtaposition of like when you are going through it you know in your mental health or you know what various whatever strife you know people face um no one is alone in that it's it's kind of like not wanting to ever complain about that kind of stuff because I feel so fortunate to have music but in reality it's okay I know it's so cliche to say, but it really is okay to not feel okay. And it should be okay to reach out to people and, it, and, you know, mental health should not be stigmatized. But I think in my own brain, sometimes it becomes really hard because I never want to like burden anybody with like, God, this is what I'm going through today. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, my time here in the music industry sometimes is really rough and it's uh kind of can be really tumultuous because I feel like, you know, to someone who's just working like a nine to five or is a you know washing dishes in a restaurant or something they're like dude shut the fuck up like Mm -hmm. you literally have the you know you get to do the coolest thing ever and like i'm just a you know i'm just like a busboy or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so this the song the subject matter is is really about that and and kind of um kind of like it's cheeky you know what i mean it's fun obviously it's a very like youthful sound but this the subject matter is very real and just kind of like acknowledging within myself that it is okay to like talk about how you're feeling and it's okay to have a bad day and it's okay to like you know those those people that are close to you that are your support system to reach out to them and and um and ask for help or just like ask for comfort or you know someone to confide in and and uh, that's what it's about at the end of the day so hopefully that makes some sense or resonates I just ate ramen and it was really hot, so it's like. It's all good. <laughs> fucking, no me was up it good? Right so good. I was just telling my friend. I sent them a, you know, a, a, a literal nude because it's just noodles, so mm-hmm. lots of lots of noodles. Yeah. And I was like, I wish I could eat this every morning. Like, mm-hmm. it's you know, we got we got your spice, we got your protein some spinach in there bean mm. sprouts it's a healthy meal it's a healthy yeah. way to start your day i had ramen at eleven fifteen this morning so you should. yeah i think that should be normalized um it should then i followed it up with like half a pack of sweet tarts which oh, is sweet tarts you know bang, yeah they really do like we should we should talk about how good sweet tarts are more often mm-hmm. great snack
2: they really are not
1: nutritious in any way. But no, that's what the no, for.
2: completely cancels exactly. out
1: the
0: ramen.
2: Yeah, you got that. Yeah, no, no, you got that covered with the ramen. It's fine. It's
1: fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we mm-hmm. took care of it. It can't. It cancels out and then some. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, Anyways. <laughs> <so> <laughs> Anyways.
0: Can you tell us a little about your writing process for the single?
1: Yeah. So I actually, um, I um, this one. I actually started the like the riff in the beginning was something I wrote early pandemic um, like last year like and I put out this song light me up earlier this year and um, I worked on that with my buddy Alan from um, band for your strong and it was like the first like remote session I had ever done you know over zoom like this where you just like you know, we both have acoustic guitars, and there'd be a shitload of latency, and maybe would be trying to like. Think it. Yeah, <laughs> but but after we did that song, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to do another one with Alan. And I, I wrote that riff, and I, I had, uh, I had like the vocal idea, but I didn't have it like it wasn't like a complete thought. It was just kind of like this this like rough idea, but the riff always stuck with me. And um, we never ended up doing anything with it. And my um, publisher, she reached out to me it was like, hey, do you wanna do um, a session with these two guys? Like um, uh, Nick Cousine, uh, he has a project called, um, it's just M-N-Y-S, he just signed to Pure Noise. Really? Um, and, and then my buddy Joey Pepe, um joey and his brother are great producers um and and mixing engineers and so i worked with his brother on a song that hasn't been released yet and so i was like oh yeah i'd love to work with joey too like why not Mm -hmm. and so we went into this session and for whatever reason i do this thing often where like i'll pull a riff out from like a year or two three years ago and be like we should work on this like let's work on this (laughs) and uh and so that was this one and um and Nick really lent a lot to helping with like um, formulating like the vocal melodies. And um, the song came together in about two hours, honestly. And, wow. um, but I think you can hear that. Like, I think in the, in like the very like pop and pop punk nature of it, you can just hear that. It's just kind of like a, it wasn't meant to be overthought, you know, It's like, mm-hmm. you, you know, listen to the home team and they're like riffing and like, Brian's got some insane vocal runs, you know, like, this is like, this song, it was just like, I just want to, I just want to have fun with this, and like, it doesn't need to be overthought. Obviously, the lyrics are thoughtful. My songs will always have subject matter that is real and and comes from the heart, and you know, my actual brain. It's not like I'm just, you know, writing dumb shit for fun. Yeah, uh, that's for like bowling for soup, you know, oh, okay. not in a bad way. But oh they just okay, write, okay you know no no they just you know they're like goofy songs yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah i always write like even if they're catchy and, and and joyous or seemingly like i always am writing from the heart and it's always it always like means something and it's cathartic and so um well i feel like i just diss rolling pursuit but i did not mean to do that i, <laughs> don't,
2: I uh, don't overthink that it's
1: right everybody knows. you could compare <laughs> it to let this instead yeah, Olympics. Uh, you know what? The song oh, I just oh, wrote oh, the oh. other day. I just had a session the other day, and I walked in, and y'all will love this. I was like, I went to. Um, There's this festival called Chain Fest out here um, earlier, or this past weekend. It was like Jimmy World, Somerset, Take Back Sunday, oh, Wow, uh, Mayday Parade, all those bands. Um, but I went with my friend Megan and she's a huge Lit Biscuit fan like me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she's actually going to be Fred Durst for Halloween. It's amazing. Oh uh, my God. Yeah, it's great! Yeah, that. <laughs> Y'all should, you, you should be, uh, 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 West Portland and, uh, and fred durst, my partner wanted
0: me to be one of the guys on the weezer cover instead the blue album so
1: the oh, blue uh, album yeah. okay i admire that yeah. I, I like It'll that. be too. fred
2: durst by myself
1: then. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that be
2: one fred durst
1: <laughs> i mean there is only one fred durst you know unless there's <laughs> another one out there i don't know yeah. about like, maybe there um, is wow what a blessing of a name you know if, if someone else wound up with that name um there has to be two Fred Durst. Like, let's uh, yeah, there's billions of people on this planet. There has to be a, another Fred Durst. Um, anyways, going back to the main topic, we were driving home and she was like, my phone wasn't working and like my Apple Play. Uh, and she was like, oh, we'll just use my phone. And she had just seen uh, Limp Biscuit at Lollapalooza. And so she has a whole playlist of their whole set list from Lollapalooza. Mm. And so, you know, she... Starts it off with break stuff, and I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah, we're listening to Limp Biscuit." She's like, "We're not just listening to Limp Biscuit; we're listening to the Limp Biscuit set list from Lollapalooza. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And I, I woke up the next morning, knowing I had a session at 10 a.m., and I was like, "I want to write. I want to write a song that has like Limp Biscuit energy. Like, mm-hmm. I want it to be like kind of cool, like." k-flay young blood like uh chaotic verses and stuff like that but i want it to like bang really hard like limp biscuit musically mm-hmm. and uh yeah we wrote this song and it's got big uh it's got big limp biscuit energy the first line is shut the fuck up that's okay. all you need to know. Yeah. Right. So uh yeah, I could have said it's like Limp Biscuit, but it's not because this song is like Lint Biscuit that you haven't heard yet. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Uh, you know, start a whole new chapter for me. God,
2: uh, your Limp Biscuit era. Yeah,
1: I'm going <laughs> I'm going into my uh, alt pop Limp Biscuit era. Very <laughs> <again. God. laughs> Love yeah, it. That's that seems like an oxymoron of sorts, but um yeah. Limp biscuit is anti-pop. Mm -hmm. no one talks about that enough but that's what it is it's like it is very pop if you listen to Limp Biscuit, like they have so many pop elements it's like I mean and he's constantly singing about pop culture Mm -hmm. Um, and then I mean the hooks are just amazing so yeah I think it's anti-pop because it's so heavy and there's lines like uh, you know there's the chainsaw line yeah I
0: I I got that fucking song playing in my head the yeah, thing is, Glory really doesn't listen to Limp Bizkit. She just I really grabbed listened- okay, on to my Limp Bizkit obsession. I love Fred Durst. I thought that Fred Durst is hilarious I'm a, I'm looking, a Fred Durst so.
2: stan. I'm not like a Limp Bizkit stan. I love Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I've listened to two of their songs, Dad Vibes love, and Roland. Not I a fan of Roland, right. but
1: <laughs> I, see, I, feel like I like Roland. Dad Vibes. You know, I have to tell you, Limp Bizkit is... Um, growing up mm-hmm. I in the 90s, I had a dad who loved rock music I was also raised in a very like conservative Christian home and my dad's brother was like I don't want to talk about him so disparagingly but he was definitely very like what we would call like white trash like he Mm -hmm. had like a God smack tattoo um he was just like I mean my he lives in my grandpa's like Fifth wheel in the back of his cabinet shop right now, and he's you know, but he's just always. I, I don't mean to say to seem mean or classist or anything, but we yeah. we come from the same weave, and it's my family, so I feel like you know it's in my blood, whatever. Mm-hmm. But because of this guy, my uncle Les, my my dad would like, and my mom would not let me listen to new metal. It was like no, like that's a no. oh. or Eminem. It was like no oh, Eminem. They were saving you. Cannot from that. watch stuff. So- yeah, they were like no south park um <gasps> and no Limp biscuit like Limp biscuit and m m were like no and corn like you i could oh, not listen corn. to that and all corn. the other cool kids that like i go to summer camp with like on their walkman they'd be listening to fucking uh papa roach and Limp biscuit and and corn and stuff and it's just moving down and like I could I had to listen to like, you know, Reliant K and and I don't skillet. know, Jars of Skillet. Yes, oh. skillet. I had to listen to Diet Diet New Metal. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, like Kmart New Metal. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. And uh, so but anyways, so later in my life, I and honestly, over the pandemic, I don't know what it was. Like I don't I don't know how this came to fruition. But I just became obsessed with Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. Oh, like yeah. I just, Fred I thought, like it's just like, and I am like a, not a hyper-masculine guy at all, and, and like you know, it's just queer dude. And I'm like, I, I, but there's something about Limp Biscuit and the bad boy energy that mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I just think it's hilarious. It's probably the same reason like people, like ironically like like something like the Jersey Shore you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's so just like what it's it just I it's perplexing to me and um I don't know I became so obsessed that I also love heavy music like I you know love I when I did start getting into punk rock and like going to shows when I was a teenager like I love loved hardcore and still love hardcore and so I hear like a lot of I hear a lot of that like energy, obviously, in Lip Biscuit. Mm-hmm. And um and so yeah, like it's a later it's a later development in my life of loving Lip Biscuit. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm I'm not ashamed of it. Um I know that it's it, I know that the the lyrics, like I know it's very it's controversial at times. Um <laughs> but it's so fun. It's fun. It's uh-huh. just fun to me. You know what I mean? So that's my stance there, you know, not pertaining to Crooked Teeth at all. That is my stance on Limp And I'm so happy we could come together and have this conversation.
2: Me too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyways. Anyways,
2: back to yeah. the single.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> the music that you make.
2: Uh, so I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this track and the meaning behind it.
1: Oh. Man. Let me think about it for a sec. Mm -hmm. Lyrically, I feel like it's all pretty direct. So there's no code in, there's no, it's not coded, if that makes any sense. It's it's Mm -hmm. not really metaphor. Well, other than the opening line, which is driving in the dark with no headlights, uh, got no place to go, nothing feels like home. Um, But I think, um, I think my favorite line is, you can give it all to the heartbreaks, but it wants what it wants. That's the way it goes. And that was kind of me thinking about w- having anxiety, something I always do, especially in like my journey here in music mm-hmm. is, and, and like kind of being like a, an independent artist is like always trying to control the outcome of something or, um, and I'm not talking about manifestation. I think like having vision boards and manifesting, I think that's all great stuff. I think it's more like when my, an anxious habit, like a negative habit of, you know, um, trying to dictate the outcome before you've even like put it out there, like trying Mm -hmm. to really like hyper-focus on how is this going to be perceived? Like, oh, what, you know, am I going to get tour offers? Am I going to like get these opportunities? Like, am I going to sign one day? Like how, you know, like all this stuff. And and I wrote that line as a means to just kind of tell myself to calm the fuck down um, and just like, let it happen. And um, so I think that line is pretty important to me in the song. Um, and I love the way it sings. And uh, yeah, I think that would be my favorite one. And that's the meaning behind it. Um, yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> I oh, love yes. an insightful question. Yeah.
0: Um, so you definitely did touch on this way earlier in the interview, but we're going (laughs) to ask it point blank right now. Where was your headspace at while you're, uh, writing this, this track? Uh,
1: definitely, um, the past like three months of, of, um, I, I always just call it my journey. I don't like to call it my career because I feel like career is such an adult like office space kind of term Mm -hmm. um and especially when it comes to something you're passionate about i think when you start to like be like career driven or think of something as a career it loses its charm and it loses its passion and and the organic part of it that like rests in your soul but like um when i wrote the song and the lyrics and when we were writing in the room together um prior to that uh like this summer i had had some experiences in my journey um i one thing i've been doing a lot is songwriting with other people with, with like artists i look up to and like honestly never thought i would write with mm-hmm. um Aww. you know and that'll that'll like you know that'll make more sense later down the line as things get released and whatnot but um going back to things you can't control mm-hmm. um i had gone through these experiences where like kind of where you just like get the rug pulled from out under you and it it has nothing to do with you it might not even be personal or anything but when you're like kind of going at it alone and you're you know i'm in this development developmental stage still with the project where like i am still you know waiting on that kind of bigger helping hand or whatever to you know those bigger opportunities and so when i'm out here creating them and manifesting them myself um, and then unexpectedly, like you get so far with that and you're so stoked and the anticipation is high and yeah. excitement is high. And then you just get slammed with like an unexpected, like torrential downpour of sorts, you know, that it was like, like, Oh, the forecast was showing that it was going to be sunny all week. And now we're literally in a flood, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like things like that to be metaphorical. It's like, um, I had experienced more than a few of those situations that again were out of my control you know they weren't at my hand or anything but they really left me pretty shattered for uh I would say up until about a month and a half ago when I um really got my shit together like because what happened was I started like drinking a lot um I've always used marijuana but it was like something that I was really like I was crutching hard Mm -hmm. like the past you know up until a month month and a half ago I was going really hard in the paint on substance use and um just really in a sad dark place from Mm -hmm. from a lot of this and in my own traumas going up and whatnot and not and I've been in therapy for about a year and a half almost now and so um that's that's always been really helpful, but it's only helpful if you apply what you're learning and what you're working on to your real life and like put it into action. And when I was kind of stumbling going through all this, I wasn't doing that. And so this song was kind of like a cathartic way to address that I had been going through it. Things are really uncertain um and then i'm i'm i just turned 29 years old this year and that's scary place to be in you know in an industry that is so insistent on like youthfulness and like mm-hmm. you know this uh you know this idea that you have to be between the ages that you have in order to be exploitable and to be profitable you need to yep. be between the ages of like whenever billy eilish started and you know 14. like yeah and like 23 or 20 you know to 25 and mm-hmm. um as someone who did start and get into music and start touring when i was like 16 years old like i've seen so much and so much change and um so now being 29 i still feel very youthful you know like mm-hmm. i i and i am you know and i know that you know the more i talk to people uh, my peers and and people that are older than me mentors that i look up to like people are always like dude you're so young like shut up you know like (laughs) it doesn't matter and in reality it, it is true like and time is really just kind of a uh it is a stupid construct when it comes to this like industry um but it does it does start to get to you and and um so this song also details like i mean in the first like Two lines you know I'm talking about that and that's kind of a vulnerable thing just saying that in a song you know Mm -hmm. but um I want to always be honest in my lyrics and and I want to be cathartic and so this song is very cathartic like it's just about just being real with where I'm at and where I've been and um how it makes me feel and um and it maybe that sounds cliche because yeah duh dude that's what music is or supposed to be but like it's really what it is um and so the headspace I was in was in a pretty dark place <laughs> um when I wrote it and which is kind of ironic considering that it's a very poppy song um mm-hmm. but the subject matter it, it does come from a place where I was really struggling and um kind of trying to get a grip on my life or just kind of root myself back in the reality of where I am which it's you know your brain will self sabotage all the time and convince you like you're not good enough you're too old um you know like you're you know you're poor you're this you're that but in mm-hmm. reality like you still can and you know i am i am uh, aware that i'm you know a cis white dude saying this and it could be uh not very class conscious to say but like i feel like you can manifest your like you know your reality. And, um, I am allowed to, you know, my, one thing my therapist taught me is like being able to like hit the pause button, which is why I wear a necklace every day. Cause it's like a physical thing where if I'm stressing out, I can like stop and be like, dude, like just pause and like be realistic about things. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. overthink everything. Don't let your brain self-sabotage all the time. And so, uh, Yeah, this song is very much uh, was about that kind of self-sabotage that was going on. And, you know, there was a lot of that was um, like the repercussions of of things that I had gone through that were out of my control. But I kept sabotaging myself because of it. And that's the space I was in in a roundabout way, Uh, you know, uh, short story long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that sharing a lot. that with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks mm-hmm. for asking. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so
2: how do you recommend your listeners to listen to this song for the first time? Should they play in the car with friends? Should they work out to it? Should they host a party with it? What do you recommend?
1: That's a great question. Thank you. Um I mean, you know, me being out here in California, um, I would say one thing I one way I always like to listen to music. Um it's just when I'm driving with windows down, you know, if the sun is mm-hmm. out windows down and I just just enjoying it, whatever you do uh, that would also allow you to lend attention to the song and enjoy yourself at the same time. That's how I'd say it. So if, if it's any of the above, you know, what you just mentioned, go for it. Like I, I really, it just means a lot to me that people would listen to it regardless. So however people feel comfortable listening to music that's how they should digest it that's the uh, space they should digest it in so
0: all right yeah i like that
1: that's good uh so yeah. this
0: question should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe the <laughs> single from your listeners in three words no more no less
1: uh fun honest catchy
0: very
2: good perfect thank you yeah uh is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this single to invoke in your listeners
1: um I honestly would just like it to to put a smile on their face I mean I think like I a band that always puts a smile on my face when I listen to them no matter how sad or introspective or whatever the lyrics are is uh uh Reliant K I've I always I loved Reliant K and they're a band I know kind of like an underrated maybe not something you would have seen or thought that I would say but like they when I listen to them it just always puts a smile on my face like even if you know singing about something that's like really deep the music itself like always I find like an uplifting uh an element to it and so I just would hope that this I don't know, make someone smile or, or you know, it's it's like an uplifting an uplifting vibe to them, if that makes any sense. So that and then it's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. All so. Right.
0: Uh so what band or influence you, think you can hear the most on the single, if any.
1: Definitely. I mean, I would honestly say Reliant K. Like we were all talking about that, like even in the riff itself. It's it reminds me of something that would be off their, like mm-hmm record. Um it's definitely got like Green Day energy, I think, in the choruses, like early Green Day. Um, like it is it is my the style of pop punk that always influenced me, which is just that kind of like, you know, mid to late 90s, early 2000s, uh, simple Plan, good Charlotte, like Green Day, Blink, reliant mm-hmm. K, like all the things like I intentionally wanted the sound of it to be nostalgic, if not for anyone else, for me. Um And I think that, you know, people are like, oh, there's this resurgence of pop punk, like, oh, this this pop punk thing coming back. And I don't, when I listen to Machine Gun you know, I'm gonna use Machine Gun Kelly because I, I okay. think that in the mainstream, I'm sorry, I don't know if that's a, you know, a bad word around here, but okay. I, I, you know, <laughs> but I think in terms of the, in terms of pop culture and mm-hmm. pop music and, and the pop space, like that conversation, Travis and Machine Gun Kelly keep coming up of like, oh, they're leading this resurgence, whatever. But yeah. I still don't hear the sound that I heard when I was a kid that was yep. like that really infiltrated like TRL on MTV and and um, and pop radio. Like, like, I just think um, I don't know. Like, I, I think that this song definitely really lends itself again very selfishly for me to the era that I grew up on and loved and that got me into music in the first place. And that was kind of just like, at first it was like the early 2000s with like Simple Plan and Good Charlotte, Um, Mm -hmm. you know? And then and then like I, because of those bands, I looked into the past and was like, oh wow, like MXPX, like this is awesome. Like, you know, like these old Green Day records, like old Blink, like this is fucking cool. And um, so I hope that this, This, if anything, um, you know, I don't expect this to be some like big old single that, you know, blows the fuck up. But like Mm -hmm. I it's for me, like it's for the sound is for me. Um, And it's a nod. It's a very not so subtle nod to the the generation of pop punk that I grew up on and have always like loved. So, yeah. Good
2: answer. It's good. Boom. (laughs) Uh, So what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this track?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly, working with Nick and Joey was really special. Um, because they're just they're in like the same kind of age bracket as I am, mm-hmm. and so when we were making the song, going back to the sound, we were all just like, you know, I remember when I was like when I first played the riff, Joey or uh, Nick was just like this reminds me of something like like reliant k would do on their mm-hmm record and i was like yeah that's <laughs> what i tried to like i just love connecting i i love geeking out on on like things that we uh i don't want to butcher the word similar, similarly like like um mm-hmm. and and that was really special for me Is like and i'm then making friends from that you know like bonding over music and sound that we enjoy and and it's always really special and important to like be able to walk out of a session and sometimes like writing sessions are they honestly are therapy sessions in many ways like if you're if you're an honest writer and if you're writing about things from the heart which again I always try to do like if you're able to be vulnerable with the people that you're like co-writing with or that are working on your track and be like yeah this is what this song's about and like you know, and I love when people are like, don't hold back, just say it, like, say what you want to say. And Mm -hmm. so when I was working in that session with them, they were, it was very conducive to that. And they were just, you know, really sweet and thoughtful about listening to what I was writing about and trying to do it, do it justice, you know? And so um, that was my favorite thing. It's just like making new friends and, um, and just like bonding and, and geeking out over, over the sound and and all of that so yeah i like that it's good yeah uh, thanks
0: so picture this you're on tour you're at a gas station for a rest stop what yeah. is your snack of choice
1: uh <laughs> i really like those um kettle corn pop chips they're mm. like suit they're like in the red bag and they literally they taste they're just like it's like kettle corn but in in like a, a chip uh as sweet tarts mm would like to uh sweet tarts for sure um a big old water on a healthier you know in a healthier direction some pistachios
0: pistachios fuck
1: unshelled there you go deshelled because sometimes you get some pistachios that are really hard to open and then you just like you're like why Am I putting so much effort into this really tiny snack? And they're always Mm -hmm. the smallest ones
0: that you can't get. Exactly. It's like something worth the work.
1: Oh my God. It's so annoying. Uh, Yeah. So some D shelled pistachios, a big old water. Maybe if it was a long overnight drive and you know, now it's noon and there's a 3 PM load in, I would like a yerba mate, um, the berry flavor. Yeah. Those would be my snacks. Go-to snacks for sure. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Thanks.
2: So, where do you see the project in the next five years? Five years. Five years.
1: Five whole years. Y'all have so many good questions. So many thoughtful questions. I love it. Um, one thing with crooked teeth, like that I see, and you know, I've actually had this conversation more and more with, with friends and like I'm kind of in this space right now where I've been talking to like new potential managers and stuff, and they ask these kinds of questions, like, well, yeah. where do you see the where do you see things big picture <laughs> um for me, I mean, obviously, you know, I could have visions of grandeur and be like, I want to be you know in in a bus and you know and you know selling out Red rocks or whatever some huge stadium whatever that's that would be wonderful. I ultimately like going back to songwriting. With this project, I really just want to establish myself as a songwriter, first and foremost. Like if Crooked Teeth only become, you know, if it grows to the point of selling out like, you know, 500,000 cap rooms or whatever, and it never really gets beyond that. But I can go and write music with and for other people um, because I've established myself as a songwriter in my own project. Um that would be I that would bring me a lot of joy. Um, And that's kind of the trajectory I'm always aiming for. And especially in the last year and a half. um, And in the pandemic, like, I really, really leaned into songwriting. And it it was, you know, at the um, at the guidance and at the like, push from people closest to me, and and that I was working with, um, that were like, dude, like, you're a great songwriter. Like you write great hooks, like you write great riffs, you know? And and a lot of it comes from the, and I'm not like, I promise I'm not a conceited person. I'm not trying to sound like that, (laughs) but, but I really needed that because I, I, I never really pushed myself to consider, um, the world of songwriting and publishing and all of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I really look up to people like Jack Antonoff, um, bleachers. And I look up to, um, I mean, Matt from Reliant K, he's written so many hits and produced so many records and written on stuff that people probably don't even realize. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really look up to people who have kind of like moved beyond just their own project and been able to lend themselves to writing for other people and creating like really awesome stuff for other people and collaborating. And um, it brings me so much joy to write a dope song for Teeth. Like, yeah, I get very hyped on that. But when I sit in a room when someone's like invited me into the room because they've seen, you know, a talent that I have um, and and they get excited when I'm like, no, 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 like we should say it like this or like we mm-hmm. should sing it like this or like, oh, this, you know, let's be a cool guitar. Riff, like that brings me so much joy. Like I love I'm a very acts of service person. And like if I can and if I can like contribute my talent and turn it into a service for people like that's something that brings me great joy so in five years i hope that i've got a lot of songs and records hopefully under my belt that i can contribute to and um contribute to someone else's journey and and um that that would bring me a lot of happiness and, and that's something i've been working really hard at and uh, um yeah. So I think that's how I'd answer that best. Like if, if, again, like if crooked teeth doesn't ever become some huge thing, like I'm, I'm perfectly okay. Not being in the spotlight. Like, I think something that, that um, being an artist, like it is whether you like it or not, you know, there is a narcissistic element, like an ego element to it, but no matter, it doesn't matter how kind or humble you are. Like, there's this conceited element to it where you're so hyper-focused on like yourself. And I think being able to offer something to somebody else and help with somebody else's journey and still have it come from a place of like your, um, your talent. Like, I think that that's cool. That's really cool. So um, that's what I see. That's what I would like to see. Um, And that's what I'm working towards. So yeah, it's a great question. Oh, yeah. Thank you.
0: Uh, Yeah. So, for the last couple questions, friction shift away from music and go straight to death row.
1: Boom. Death row? Death row? If you're on death row, what a hard What would your last meal
0: be with a drink?
1: My last meal with a
0: drink.
1: Yeah. 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 Man. Shit. I, my mom makes um, chicken and dumplings and they're really, really good. She makes Mm -hmm. it like every year for the holidays. It's just like a great comfort food.
2: Oh, so it's coming up.
1: It's coming up. It's it's chicken and dumpling season. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So chicken and dumplings, I think, Mm -hmm. or chicken and dumpling, like soup, noodle soup, um, and a root beer, like an a&w root beer but oh, like yeah. on tap not like the can. like mm-hmm. on tap um just a really good root beer my friend gina and i we are obsessed with um with a root beer and i just went to visit her in florida and we just like every day just pounding a root beer <laughs> so yeah a and root beer yeah
2: as you should uh, so if yeah. you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live Oh my gosh, a fictional world. Yep. For a week? A week.
1: A um, week. I don't know if it's a world or an ecosystem, but I would say the world of Jurassic Park for oh, sure. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I
1: mm-hmm. think like if that was a real place that I could go and like have my own like hotel suite and then just like hang out with dinosaurs for a week. That sounds fucking sick. That's where I would like to be. Um, So, yeah, I would love to also just replace Chris Pratt in the franchise because I think he's kind of a tool and he's a creationist and he has no business in the world of science. So, All right. yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: So I think I've asked the last question and every single person you've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. I'm scared. What's your favorite color?
1: man <laughs> it's so e- it's so like I, it's just something i never think about
0: such an easy question but so hard if you don't think about so it on hard.
1: exactly yeah i feel like such a boy if i say blue but i love like i love a good a good like baby blue or like mm-hmm. yeah something in that or like uh like a surf green maybe Ooh. too yeah i know that's two so i do apologize if i just gave you two answers but it's it's a it's a those are that's the contender those are contenders i think it would be those two is that the last question yes yeah okay well (laughs) that's that's what i yeah that would be it i think so all right
0: perfect very anticlimactic ending we love it that way
1: yeah i love it i love it (laughs) uh
0: so as i said that's all the questions we have today is there anything that you would like to plug
1: uh yeah, my new song. I'd say just go listen to it. Go check out my music. Um and you know, I if that's that's like the the one obvious gift I feel like I have to give to the world around me. And and uh, I'd say if you're looking for some good tunes to get you through the day, just go check out the music. Obviously a new song is called First World Problem. Mm-hmm. And uh that would mean a lot to me. And um yeah, that's my only plug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? All right. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for sound. the spin Tyson from Whoa, Crooked for Teeth. Thanks for hanging
1: out with me. That was so fun. That Anytime. Was fun. <laughs> that was so fun. Uh, and we Did y'all been... notice this whole time? I just had a box of... Uh, I kept looking at it.
2: Yeah. I kept looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid.
1: <laughs> Stupid. All right. Uh, well, thank you for sound.
0: That's been Tyson from Crooked Teeth. And we have been the Good yeah. Noise Podcast.
1: Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Glory.